Spoonful of Paolo, here we go. Hey everyone, I'm Paolo. I am so excited because today I get to interview the star of The Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, the one and only Ralph Macchio. You guys, I remember watching The Karate Kid with my family because it's one of the first movies that we watched all together. So this is a huge honor for me. Now Ralph today has a new memoir out called Waxing On and it's so good because he talks about The Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, so you're gonna love it. So I'll see you guys with Ralph. Good? Okay. Oh, it's nice and cool in here. This is awesome. We made sure the air was on. I'm you going know? nowhere, man. This is it. I'm Dude, where gotta, I want to be. Well, you got 50 minutes and you got to go. You got other stuff to <laughs> I do. do. Okay, please. Um, I have to say that it is such a huge honor to be here sitting with you because you know, look, I grew up watching you. My family, you know, we're Italian and we didn't see too many movies back then, but the three movies we saw were Rocky, Karate Kid, and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. So ah, it's yes. an honor to be here, Ralph. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I love the energy. I'm ah. all, you know, very excited. <laughs> thank you. You know, look, okay, so, you know, obviously me being a fan of you and Cobra Cry and, and Karate Kid, this book was everything to read. It's terrific, it's fantastic. The stories that you write, you get personal, you get deep in there, and I wanna say thank you. What was it like for you going back into the Karate Kid vault and you know relive your story? What was that like? Because I know you wrote this during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and during, um, mostly during the season four, four of Cobra were, Kai. Mm -hmm. So we were shooting through, you know, testing four times a week and Gosh. face shields and then shooting and then no restaurants open for so I would have to I'd go back to the apartment in Atlanta and I'd stare at the screen and said you wanted to write this <laughs> dive in um I at first you know it, it I just wrote down some chapter titles mm. uh that's where it started sort of a book proposal I wanted it to be 12 chapters I I then I came up with like just titles like becoming the kid mm. uh strawberry shortcake and the cannoli which yes, is I love that. what John Avelson so would call uh Elizabeth Shue and myself mm -hmm. um uh the crane takes flight which was sort of the summer of 84 mm -hmm. impact and inspiration fan stories the two-way street of mm. that in my life and then and then dive into the drier years after that and sort of the resurgence but the karate kid daniel russo has never gone away certainly not for me mm -mm. and so it has always sustained relevance for 38 years now oh i said it out loud but uh almost four decades and and what that's been like for me and now with the current relevance of cobra kai and the explosion of that on netflix it's felt like I had a very unique wow. opportunity to tell a story about a movie that impacted so many people and now a show that impacts uh, so many and what that journey has been with me and it continues. I mean, it's fantastic because I know you talk about William, your co-star who plays Johnny mm -hmm. and you guys kind of like, you know, went your separate ways after Karate Kid. Right. But then after Pat Morita's funeral, mm -hmm. Mr. Miyagi, you guys reconnected and you yeah. did some projects together, including How I Met Your Mother, which I loved and saw uh -huh. you guys on there. Right. But like you said, it's crazy because even 30 years, 30 years after, people were still talking about you, the crane kick, you mm -hmm. know, like, and they wanted so, a reboot and they've been asking for such a long time. So that's got to make you feel saying, wow, this legacy that I did, that we created, it's still living. People are still admiring you and the show and Karate Kid. It's got to feel inside like such an accomplishment, you know? Well, it, you know, like when I, I alluded to before, it never went away. It's always yeah. been with me for good, bad, and indifferent. Yep. There were some times it made things tougher and other opportunities tougher to come by. Yep. Um, and I, I tap into that, you know, but, but it's always embrace. No one ever says like, oh, you did that. You can't shake mm -hmm. that. They're always like, you did that. Mm -hmm. 
that mm. was the movie I saw with my dad and it was the one we always watched together and and maybe dad's no no longer here or this person was the mr miyagi in my life or i didn't have a mr miyagi in my life or i was bullied in school or i was a product of a, a single mom raised me you know fatherless teen fish out of water these are all themes yeah that are part of that original karate kid story that is that are also part of the, the cobra kai series that's yeah. why the guys who write it are so smart to even though the tone is different, it never lets go of those those core 100%, themes. A hundred percent. And it's you're right, because this generation of the younger generation, like even I have 15 nieces and nephews, we're a big Italian family. Yeah. And look, <laughs> I've interviewed Oprah, Carol Burnett, Gloria Estefan. But just the other day, my sister texted me, fellow man, and she's like, Alex, cannot believe you're going to interview Ralph. I'm like, and he, he never got excited. He's <laughs> 10 years old. So it's like you have this whole generation who's been watching Cobra Kai, and they just love you. And, and you even said in the book, you said, and I quote, page uh, 62, you said, I had absolutely no idea back then, not in my wildest imagination, did I feel these characters would be revisited more than three decades later. And then mm -hmm. you get these three creators of Cobra Kai, they come to you, you know, so, and who are also fans of uh, Karate Kid. So Much what so. was it when they, cause you know, you've been pitched so many right. and you write about it in the book. Yeah. So what was it about this that you said, ah, yeah, this well, is it. Well, it was, it was clear, there's a few things. One, I had just seen Creed, mm, yep. um, the first Creed, which was uh, a sort of uh, positive example of how to go back into the Rocky Balboa universe without making Rocky Seven. Mm. Um, sort of coming in through the eyes of Apollo Creed's son. So mm. when they were pitching the Johnny Lawrence redemption story, I that made sense to me as as to how to come into this. I mean, Pat Morita is no longer here. Yeah. So the Miyagi of it all, you know, uh, even though he's woven throughout the series yeah, and was a big, yes. he lives in it. And that was a big thing. I said, Ooh, I know it was front, for you. Yes. Up front is that that doesn't happen. Uh, then, then that's I'm not interested. Um, they were planning that all along. Mm. So it wasn't like I convinced them of that. It was we were in concert with that mm. thought. But they had written Harold and Kumar and they had written Hot Tub Time Machine. They had their finger on a pulse of something young, fun, upbeat they were based comedy writers but they were just massive they are massive karate kid fans and they spoke of such respect of the of the franchise and then when they started speaking of the miguel character mm -hmm. and the robbie character samantha character the younger generation then i started to see okay we start this with this rivalry of these two guys that can't get over the one fight they had back remember in that scene in the, the beginning one, season one when yeah, you guys right, exactly <laughs> exactly and and so that's the temple that obviously holds up the tent mm -hmm. you know the circus tent if you will and then all this other cobra kai life happens and characters are added and it it is a karate soap opera in a way so... that still connects to the themes of the original it's so good i mean the first episode on youtube i think it has over 140 million views that's crazy so i mean it, it says it all and i know so many people keep asking you do the crane kick do the you know the infamous crane kick and we're not asking you to do that over here but you write in the book because you did it i think for the funny or die video you mm -hmm. did it uh for the military yep. uh base yep. for the troops yep. and then we see in season five that we see daniel do the, right, the kick right. and it was just everything now did you know that that was going to happen in season five or did the creators come to you and say okay ralph it's time i actually it was a stunt we never you know the guys we meet uh every season at the start of the season oh, okay. talk about the story arc and stuff but it was never a season five came quick we had shot season four 
and Netflix picked up season five right away. We thought mm. we were, you know, so we actually sh shot both of those seasons within one year mm. during a pandemic. It was really incredible. And I was writing the waxing yes. on. Yes. So um, I was a busy boy. But <laughs> um, so I don't remember them saying we're going to pull out the crane kick against Terry Silver because mm. they feel. But it was um, it was this stunt coordinator who said, listen, we just got the breakdown because the scripts were a little behind because they picked up that fifth uh -huh. season quicker. Uh -huh. Usually we had more time. Right. So by the time we got to the episode 510, uh -huh. it was right upon it. The script was coming in. The pages were still wet, if you will. And so I sort of learned about it when the stunt guy, the coordinator said he read it and this is what it is. And I it, I didn't have enough time to think about it to say, is this the time? Do I really want to do it now? Time we, you it just it just happened. And these I trust these guys. They really Everyone. they know what the fans want because they are the fans. Uh, everyone went crazy about it, you know. It's and what great I love to hear, you know, great look, to hear. You, we see in the show. Obviously, you said this earlier. We see Mr. Miyagi like the skills and the teaching that we see happen into the series. Mm -hmm. um, but if you go behind the scenes, is there something that Pat? like told you or you've been reminded that you have passed that on to the kids that we maybe don't see in the show? It's interesting because I, I really found, um, you know, that I find that incredibly rewarding doing the show. I mean, I think it, listen, there is a trickle down um, with, um, you know, when the show is set up with Billy and I, there is a trickle down. If we're not caring or mm. we're jerks, then that's going to trickle down to the younger generation. So we care so much for the protection of our characters and the, and the choices we make and for the legacy, which I write to all yes, the time and hear what John Avelson, the director, and mm -hmm. Pat and Marita and, and Billy and Lisa Shu and I, you know, were fortunate enough to have. I love sharing those stories. They all lean in to hear those stories, you know. Um, um, but these kids are fine. They don't need me to do that. Mm. That's how good they are and how much they don't take it for granted mm. the success of cobra kai but i do i will talk especially say with mary mauser because a lot of those scenes mirror the daniel uh miyagi scenes mm. or with sholo as as miguel and johnny lawrence because miguel is i mean miguel is kind of the millennial daniel mm. larusso it's, it's certainly in the yep. onset of the cobra kai in the first two seasons so i would share you know uh my balancing on the boat moment, you know, and I write to that in the mm -hmm. book as well. And because I got to play a scene with uh, Mary Mauser where I'm fishing with her and I'm talking about Mr. Miyagi. And I was I would share just, you know, what it was like that day for us when we shot that scene that now is, you know, kind of cinema, yes. pop culture and iconic in a way. Uh, yes. And so I enjoy I enjoy sharing that and being that. <laughs> The old wise guy, or at least I pretend, I, I do my best at pretending that I'm the old wise guy. But then on the flip side to that, it also is very emotional to me because those days are no longer here. You know, I can't, uh, I, I don't have the as much of a blank page to write mm. on. So it becomes that, you know, and then a lot of those folks aren't here anymore. So, but you do um, honor them really well in yeah. this book. And I love when you wrote, um, when you auditioned for the director, it was your first audition. And this is what the director who, who did Rocky as well. And this is what he said, you know, it was so good. He said, um, I can't guarantee anything for certain, but if I were you, I'd start taking some karate lessons. When he said that to mm -hmm. you, were you like calling your family? Okay, this is it. My life's about to change. Yeah. Or were you just holding on to that thought and be like, okay, let's just wait until it gets confirmed. I was, I was uh, you know, you get that the butterfly, butterfly the yeah, yeah. excitement inside. 
trying to be totally cool. You know, he's still the guy who directed Rocky right. and won the Academy Award. Of and course. I, when I walked in that I apartment, I saw that Academy Award. And this is so, you know, you're, you're, you're playing. I think I write to that. You know, it's like, calm yeah. down, Ralph. You just work with Coppola. You're cool. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Academy Award. You know, you see it in person. And, <sighs> and then he says that after. Um, and I had, you know, everyone says, what did you do? You know, I had no cell phones. There's no nobody oh, to call. This is 1983. I know. This is so back then. Yeah, I wound yeah. up, uh, you know, kind of jogging my way down Fifth Avenue back to the Long Island Railroad and sort of, you know, playing what ifs in mm. my mind. And then, but it still took longer. Even though an offer did come, it took, I, I write to that as well. Yep. It took a while before the screen test. And it was really about the chemistry of, of, of Pat Morita and myself. Mm. It just was like... It's game yeah. over. When you wrote in here about fear, this was so good. You wrote on page 204. You said, for me, the biggest mistakes in my life have come when I surrender to fear. Mm -hmm. This is wisdom I always attempt to instill and pay forward. So can you say to anyone who's watching who um, is letting fear control their life, what would you say to them? Well, it's it, listen, it is challenging it's because I still challenging. I still deal. We all deal with that, mm -hmm. you know, the unknown. Mm -hmm. And when you become a parent, at least for me with my kids, um, then you're, you're making decisions for them when they're young. Exactly. And some of that comes out of, you know, overprotection. Mm. Um, you know, and I talk about that, this roots and wings mm. and my little, there's a little Christopher Reeve moment, story mm. that I remember him speaking of that. So, you know, and I, I go back to the, you know, the Miyagiism of walk left side safe, walk right side safe, mm. walk middle, swish like grape. It's one of my favorites because you know, often you waffle down the middle out of fear. So I, you know, I'm more, I try to make the choices and own them, even if they don't turn out the way I, I, I want to. So I think that it's um, sometimes lack and paralysis and not making a decision for fear of that. Um, you know, you have more of a chance of making a long-term mistake, but every, you know, it's very, I don't pretend to have it all figured out, no, yeah. but that's, you know, that's just life has taught me that. Yeah. And, and um, you know, so I, I kind of try uh, to, to, to pay that forward. You One know. thing you do have figured out is your wife, Phyllis, because yes. you guys have been married for 35 years. You met her when you were 15 years old yep. in your grandmother's basement. Yes, um, I did. She's a nurse practitioner. So I want to give her, I want to say thank you to her for all the work she did during the pandemic. But what's it like for her seeing this? huge success come your way again because when you met her you weren't like a household name yet mm -hmm. you know so for her to see this and to be with you you have your two beautiful you know children what's it like for them to see this come your way again because you know you do deserve this you deserve every ounce that's been coming your way oh that's very nice of you um listen my family uh phyllis is the you know i i state this at the end she she simultaneously grounds me and elevates me you know and it's the well a lot of people ask how did I avoid the pitfalls and the slight, you know, the, all the, the often drugs and alcohol and dark, slippery slopes of yeah. the 80s, the ups and downs of that. And some of it, you know, my upbringing, my parents, but it is my, you know, the partner that I have that, that is the, the strength. Um, and my kids as well, you know, that are now adults. Yeah. Um, I joke. How is that possible? <laughs> I'm still a child. Look at me. Oh, you, I'm never going to go there because, you know, I know you did all these interviews and they tell the same thing. You know, yeah, it's true. Know. You look like you're 30 years old. Oh, my so God. So whatever you're doing, we love it. So, yeah. But yeah, but they, um, they are loving what's happening. And they really, um, uh, they are my proudest cheerleaders and support. And they're, 
you know, my kids championing this show. They, you know, something, a role that's such a big part of my life that is now still a big part of their lives. I mean, that's, that's what's so unique. That's why this, that's why even people say, why did you write a book? It's like, a, okay, it's my time to write a book. Uh -huh. I really have a very unique scenario through this character and through the people I've gotten to meet oh. and the, and those stories I've gotten to hear. So it's really a two way street. Yeah. And they are, um, I mean, I think they're waiting for me to get back home and kind of like, you know, for sure. take the garbage out and do a few things and <laughs> no, go to the grocery store. You cannot store. take the garbage out. You're off mock, yo, okay? <laughs> I do all the time. Uh, and they yell, wow. you know, stay gold, pony boy, <laughs> or, you know, as they're driving by. Wow. You know, with my last, qu my last question, you write in the book how you wanted to be Gene Kelly when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, you were in high school plays, you did musical, you did it all. You know, you were uh, spotted in a talent competition. You know, next month you're going to celebrate your 61st birthday. And when you think of your life and your legacy and how far you have come, could you ever have imagined all of this? You know, could you? No, I daydreamed it as a kid, you know, like I said, I wanted to be Gene Kelly. Yeah. I mean, I really would watch, you know, Singing in the Rain or all those great God. movies. Um, and uh, with my mom, you know, it was an influential, influential part of sort of understanding storytelling. Yeah. And so, and if I would go to see Rocky or, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be that guy in my mind. So I had that daydream quality. So for some reason, the universe wanted me to succeed, you know, with some bumps in the road and ups and downs, and there'll be more coming, yeah. God willing. Uh, um, so I don't know what I would have done. I get asked that question. What, what would you have done? What was the plan B? Mm. They, um, you know, I never had had time for it. So mm. I got, you know, I'm really blessed. It's I'm pretty lucky. Um, but I, I um, try to not take that for granted. I try to stop and smell don't. the roses. There were times um, that, you know, it just seemed easy. I think I write my one of my, <laughs> I laugh at this quote when I said in an interview, well, I figure another couple of years, I'll work till I'm 30, then I'll, then I'll <laughs> sit back. I mean, it's just, uh -uh, that look, is the, the ultimate youth is wasted on the young. And then I was not working for like eight straight years, oh uh, you know, you know, enough to make a living at it. And so wow. it's, wow. Uh, it's fun. Well, it's we wanted got... to get you something because uh, there's this one scene in Karate Kid that I don't know why it always, it, it lives in me when uh, we see Danielson catching the, the flies. And mm -hmm. in the book, you say there were, you had five, I think you did five, there were five attempts to do it. Okay? Oh God, yeah. Oh, I know. It's, it's... And I just, and it was so cool reading that because, you know, when you, we all grew up watching that movie, so it was like life changing. So when I read that, I'm like, Patrick, we got to do something. So we, we got this special thing from Tiffany and I wanted to oh, share with Lord. you. Oh my Lord. Just, you know, when you, use it you'll think of us for that one scene that really was just you can just open it and it just it was just really amazing it was just amazing so just so to, and i know what scene you're gonna know when you open it what you're gonna remember. oh my lord <laughs> yes i have my tiffany chopsticks people i mean who has those i am so using these you like, better use them i mean very soon we did a special or a special made just for you that because is yeah spectacular yeah. It just you know and then give me the other thing and if you get bored with your kids have them catch some flies. I did some for uh, you. Good. We you got catch a the flies, flies. <laughs> you can this do that with the them game. when That's you get back home. Okay. This is um, wonderful. This is this is so much fun, man. Oh my god. No, refreshing I have to, no, and fun. The last thirty seconds, I have to say because you really. I mean, look, I admire you. I loved reading your book. Um, you know, all my siblings. Look, I don't. They're all so excited for this interview because we all, like I said, we grew up in this big Italian family. We didn't watch too many shows growing up, but this. We did. And so to sit here with you and to talk about your career, 
You just really are a kind, talented person. And I continue to wish you success because you deserve it all because you really have worked so hard. You've worked so hard and you inspire us all to dream big. So I say thank you. Thank, thank you, you, thank sir. you, thank you, thank um, you. Okay? That was wonderful. Thank you so much. This is great. Okay, 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 you guys. We're getting verklempt. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Thank you, Ralph, so much. I appreciate it. You all give us a thumbs up if you like it. If not, move to the next video. And a special thanks a to up. you. Yeah, thumbs up, right? Come on, oh, come on all you Cobra Kai fans. Okay, I love you. I love you all. Take care. Bye. Uh, uh, thank you so much. This, this was great. just... This is so refreshing to have, like, uh, you know, a person actually does the homework and, yeah. and you're genuine. It's awesome. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. And look what I have. <laughs> and I'm taking... You won't get it to Tiffany's in the, over here in New York. Yeah, yeah. You won't get it over here. Thanks for joining me today on the A Spoonful Apollo podcast. For tons more interviews or the video version of this episode, visit our website, aspoonfulapollo.com or our YouTube channel. I'm Paolo Presta, and I hope you always remember to dream big. Spoonful Apollo! <laughs> I love you, Oprah. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time.